Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Everything House Music and More. And today we have one of the GOATs back in the day, Mike Hitman Wilson. What's up, Hitman? Hey, Maurice. How you doing, man? How you doing, brother? Dude, you're the man. Oh, uh, no, no, What's no. I'm, 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 I'm recording all the ledgers, man. So Dude. I, I got to get this in, man. So I, once again, I want to thank you for doing this. Thank you for coming to town for doing this. I appreciate your time and efforts, brother. Oh, thank you Are uh, you ready me. to get into it? Yes. Let's go. So, Mike. Most people assume you're from Chicago. Tell us about where you're from and how you came up. I'm actually from Aurora, and I came up because um, I went to Aurora, Aurora University, Aurora College it was called back then, and uh, my roommate was from Chicago, and um, he used to tell me about you know the Chicago scene and music scene. He was yeah. a DJ. He yeah, brought yeah. his little DJ set up and everything now, in the room. Now, who's his? His name is Ruben May, Professor Ruben May. Ruben May. Okay, okay. He's a professor now. Right. Anyway, um, he was my roommate, and I was really intrigued with this mixing stuff. You right, know? right, Back right. then, we didn't, he didn't have a mixer. We had two two receivers. Okay. <laughs> he would turn one up and the other one down. Wow. He would tell me about a mixer that uh, Radio Shack had this mixer, man. If yeah. you could get this mixer, you know, then yeah. he was telling I was like, wow, you know, I was intrigued by this whole right, thing. Right, 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 right. So um, one day he said, yo, man, let's, let, you know, I'm going to take you to, to, you know, let's go to Chicago. I'm going to show you what's really up with this, okay. with this music stuff. And he had kept talking about... House. Now, house. what year was this? This was 83. 83, okay. And this okay. is 83, him telling me about house now, yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah, So I said, let's let's go, man. He said, we have to go to this club. It's called The Power Plant, Ooh. right? And it was Frankie Knuckles was a DJ. Right. And um, I'm like, okay, let's let's go to this. He said, but it's a, it's a gay club. We're sort of gay. It's, it's, <laughs> everyone goes. I'm like, dude. <laughs> I said, I don't care. Let's, let's, let's just go because I'm, 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 I'm interested in this, right. in this music you keep telling me about, yeah. right? No one had a tape of it. He couldn't play it for me. Right. We had to go to the club to hear it. And man, I went there and I heard Frankie played uh, Jamie Principal. Yeah. And I was like, wow, wow. This is this was back when Prince, Michael Jackson was the, you know. Yeah. But this was on another level to me. Okay. And I was like, man, this is, this house stuff is crazy. Right. This is for real. Yeah, yeah. And so that was my first experience with that, with okay. that music in the house. So stuff. after that, that's when you started spinning? Yeah, he taught okay. me how to spin. Okay. And so I started spinning. And so he would spin the parties, and then I would get to play the slow songs. Because oh, oh. I, I wasn't into dancing or nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. liked the music. I right. was a music guy. So I played, So at Aurora University, I'd play the slow songs during the parties. Okay. And so that's how it got started. And one time, um, he was able to hire uh, Eric DeWiz. Okay. He brought Eric DeWiz out. Eric and man, DeWiz, right. Eric came and just tore this. Right, right, when right. Eric did, I was like, dude, that's it. I need to be a DJ. I'm, I was in school. Right. I'm, I'm in the pre-med department. Okay, now, right? okay, right, right. And I, I'm just intrigued with this music stuff yeah. so hard. So then I said, all right, let me let me start DJing. That's how I started DJing right, right there. Right, okay. And um, and me and Ruben switched. So I was like the Brainiac student. Right. And he was, you know, this, the, the guy was playing music. Next thing you know, he becomes a lawyer. Okay. Wow. <laughs> a professor. You know what I'm saying? Right, I took right, over right. the music stuff. Right. So it was kind of funny. So, how did you get from Aurora to Chicago and, and I believe, getting on a mix show on radio, correct? Right. Well, what happened was Aurora, we had a, we had a serious basketball team, and they brought uh, Maurice Culpepper. Was Maurice Ice super, Culpepper, he was right. a He was a really good basketball player, All-American, yeah. okay. right? And oh, he wow. had the real DJ setup, but, um, and he had the mixer. Okay. But he had said, man, um, he had spilled beer on his mixer and messed it up. So uh -huh. he said, man, I got this mixer. He goes, Mike, you can have that, you know? Right. Because at the time, I became a promoter. You know, I started dibble-dabbling and DJing. Okay. But I became a promoter back then. Right. So I hired Maurice. Maurice was my DJ. Okay. 
And so Marie started DJing, and and um at the time he was all American basketball player, right. and I guess they were looking. Farley had left GCI. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry, BMX. Right. He was with the Hot Mix Five. Okay. He left and he started on, on GCI and he was trying to put together a team because I guess the Hot Mix Five was contractually signed with BMX. BMX. They couldn't leave. Right, right. So I said, yo, Pep, let's let's make some tapes, man, and yeah. turn it into the thing. <laughs> Maurice is like, dude, I'm too busy playing basketball. The Lakers yeah, yeah. is getting ready to draft me, all kinds of big oh, stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. The Lakers was looking at him. So I made the tape. And so um, I got lucky, man. I used to go down to, to to imports to get the music, and I met Steve Hurley and Farley at right. imports. Okay. So I actually, um, I was just so intrigued meeting these dudes. Yeah. I hired Farley to do a party. Okay. And I didn't even have a party set up. <laughs> <laughs> I just hired him anyway. Right, dude. right, right. <laughs> so anyway, that's how I got in. I got friends with Farley. Wow. I did a guest mix for Farley. Okay. And um, I was super green at the time, yeah. you know. So Farley's like, "Yeah, man, make your mix. I'll get you on as a guest." Uh-huh. I didn't have equipment or anything to yeah, do yeah, a yeah. mix. So he said, "Look, tell you what. Well, let me go back. When I hired him for the event, right? Um, there was other guys in Aurora had had known Farley. Okay. And so they said, dude, you don't you don't know Farley. You didn't have him come. Right. So they spread a rumor around the town that Farley wasn't coming. So Ooh. Farley came and it was like dead." Right. 50 people. But I'm scared because I'm like, man, I didn't make no money. <laughs> I went to the ATM. I took out everything I had. Oh, my goodness. And I paid Farley every cent, you know? Right. And he DJ, and he was like, he, he was he was really cool about it. He said, hey, man, tell you what. Come over to my house and make the mix just so we can get you on. I get you, I put you on as a guest. Oh, this is when nice. he was still on BMX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went over to his house and he, he made the mix. And um, he had a sampler at the time. And he... He was in a good mood that day. He made a song called Hitman. Hit, 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 right. hit, man, hit, man. And he played that. That was the intro song. And I guess he said at the time, I had more people call in, you know, asking who's this Hitman guy. Right. Than anybody but except for Steve Hurley. He, okay. said, this, he said, you and Steve Hurley got the most calls for anyone ever, you know, a wow. guest DJ. So, so that's how you came up with, you know, Farley came up with the name for you. Well, yeah, well, I was, it sort of. Okay. I, I was still the, you know, I had the name already, but okay. it was the Hitman Mike Wilson. Ah. And so, you know, I, that, that was the name. You know, yeah, we yeah, had, yeah. I, I had different names before that, stupid right. names. <laughs> you know, we came up yeah, with Yeah, I stuff. think we all did. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> um, so do you feel any direct competition with Farley during that time? No, man, Farley was my mentor, the dude. Okay. Because at the time, Farley was just destroying the mixes, literally. Right, right. Okay. Right. And he was scratching and doing all of the tricks and everything. And everyone else was just playing music. So he was on another dynamic level. So when he went to the to the GCI, um, he got he brought he brought me and then Fast Daddy was already there, but he right. embraced Fast Daddy. Yeah. I think we had and oh, and at the time he said, Mike. Um, we had this guy named Jam Master Jay. Jay. Yeah. Okay. And he's dude, we got the best of everything. And, and, and Mario Smoking Diaz. Right. You got the best Latin, the best white, the best blacks, all that together. Right. One team. Yeah. I said, dude, I'm gonna tell you something. You ain't got the best white dude. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you think you do, but you don't. He goes, Why? Who's better than you know this guy? I said, dude, this is my boy, bad boy Bill, will destroy everybody. Ooh, so wait, let's hold that tough thought then. Right. So Jam Master J supposed to have been on there. Right. But Bad Boy Bill came in. What happened was Farley had come to my house 
and just so happened Julian and Bill came same time it's right. on, uh, way out to Aurora they were just hanging out and they just happened to stop by my house and Farley was there yeah. Bill and Julian and I said dude this is the dude I was telling you about right. bad boy Bill check him out Bill went on and tore it up Farley was wow. like oh my god I can't believe it Hitman get him to make the, and, and the same thing with Bill he didn't have the equipment and all that okay. stuff okay. so Bill made it at my house Right. <laughs> so he made oh, his wow. mix there we did all the edits everything man and we, and got him on that night Right and um, the rest is history, man. So, man. so how did you get into editing at the time? Did, did anybody show you how to edit at that time? Uh, let me think about that. Farley showed me how. Oh, to Oh, really? Edit. Okay. Yeah, okay. Farley showed me how to edit, and um, we all had reel to reels at the time, and you had to do the splicing. But what Farley would try to do was, he would make the mix, and he wouldn't mess up, so he didn't have to edit. Right. I didn't really learn how to seriously edit until I started. Um, you know, watching people like Mickey Oliver and yeah. Mickey was really good yeah. at doing edits. edits. Yeah, but back then we had to have a razor blade and hey, freaking. Like, oh, yeah, man, it was serious. Like, yeah, it that was, was serious. That was time. That's when you had to put in work. Exactly, it would so, take hours. You went from there to uh, how did you get into production then? Wow, that's a good question. How did I get into production? The production, production. Me and Bad Boy Bill, man. Okay. We 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 had formed a like we had a little team. Yeah, right. Once I got Bill on with us, right. We were setting up, starting to make music. Right now, is this y'all? Y'all started the label afterwards, right? That was right, afterwards. we started then. Okay, but I'll tell you what, Farley was instrumental in everything that I did. Okay, because he gave us his. He said, "Here, you can use my my um uh, drum machine right. for six hours." <laughs> <laughs> so we had a six hours to six make a hour hit time, and come huh? back and right. make something and bring it back to him. Right. So he let me use his stuff, and then I eventually I started buying stuff and, okay. and this and that. But it was. We were really inspired by, you know, obviously uh, the number one ins inspiration for us DJs making music was, um, uh, come on, Wayne's brother. Um, oh, Jesse Saunders. Of course, Saunders, Jesse yeah. Saunders. I don't know. <laughs> because at the time, we didn't think that DJs, it, we never thought of DJs as making music until Jesse did it. Right, right. And then all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute. And then Steve Hurley did it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was a rap after was, that. Yeah, everybody, it's just like that thing where when Farley had the name on, his name on the car, everybody wanted that. Everybody so, wanted So yeah, it was at the time where everybody was just, you know, just wanted to do that thing because it was so different at the time. Exactly. You know, so what was your first track you released? When it, and, and when and how did it come out? The first track that I, well, here's what really happened. The first okay. track that I did was for um, Mr. Lee. Oh, that's the Let's Get Busy. Before that, even it was um, pump, let's pump it up. Right? House this house or something. Oh, no, I, no, no, no. It wasn't that. I even forgot the name of it. But it was Mr. Lee was doing something, and um, um, Vince Lawrence's father, who had his record label, Mitch Ball, right? Mitch Ball Records. Yeah. Got Mitch had Mr. Lee as an artist. Yeah, and I met Mr. Lee somewhere, and he said, "Yo, come on down," and you know whatever we had talked about doing a mix. Okay. On his stuff, I didn't have no clue how to mix. Mm. I had no idea what I was doing, and I told him. And Mitch asked me, "Hey, Mike, do you know how to do you know do you know how to mix?" Oh yeah, yeah, I know how to mix. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this stuff like that. Right, 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 right. So anyway, I did some mix. They knew I couldn't mix after yeah. that was over with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so um, that was how I got into that part. Wow. And I just wanted to be in part of in, in the production end so bad okay. with this house thing blowing up the way it was. Yeah. I wanted to be involved and that's how I got involved with it. Wow. Get out of here. So what do you seem like what was your biggest challenge as as a mix show DJ at that time? 
Well, the biggest challenge, see, let me tell you what was going on. Back then, That we had the Hot Mix 5 was the, they set the standard. Correct. Right? But they were not playing house music. There was only one guy playing house music, and that was Farley. Steve Early, too, when he came on. So you, it, you, you don't think Kenny was playing house music at the not time? Not at all. No? Not at all. Not at okay. All. It, because the, the way we define house now, yeah. Kenny was playing disco-y stuff. He was playing stuff that maybe, you know, uh, uh, Frankie Knuckles would play, but he right. wasn't playing the house stuff like what Farley was playing. Okay. And um, there was a difference. You could hear it when you would listen to the radio. Yeah. And you would, before they even mentioned the name, you could tell, oh, this must be Farley because he's playing house. Right, right, you right. Know? So um, what was it? It was a question about that again? You said- about, It was about your production and how you get into mixing it. And, and did, uh, what was the difficult as being a mix show DJ at that time? Okay, it was, was trying to differentiate us from- The Hot Mix 5 was still on BMX. We were on GCI. So Farley, me, Bill, Eddie. Right. And what Molly. was your name? What was your name at that time? Jackmaster 5. Jackmaster 5. Okay. okay. And the Hot Mix 5, we had they had a stronghold on the on the industry. Right. So what we did was we we were like Farley clones, right? right, right. So we all played house music. Okay. All our me, Bill, um, 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 Eddie, you know, we were killing it. And we were playing all DJ International, all track stuff. Yeah. As where they were still playing the European stuff it's and your house, all, all that. Yeah. 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 We went hardcore with it. And we flipped the crowd from BMX to GCI. Mm. We actually beat them in the ratings. With the numbers too, yeah. Exactly. And that's when wow. the thing. So, you know, I'm not so sure that this stuff would have blew up the way it did. Yeah. Had we not pushed it the way we put And we pushed it. Because we were trying to sound different. And we yeah. was like, yo, we're going to take this hot, the stuff that's hot in the street yeah. and and play it. As wow. opposed to some DJs play for themselves. Okay. But I've been one to play for the crowd. What I'm only playing what you like yeah. or what I think you're going to like. Right. I'm not trying to push my agenda on you. You know, so the the, the, the whole... Chicago thing was just it was just is exploding yeah. with house. Everybody loved the house. Wow. Sound. Okay. Okay. So so Mike, you had two very iconic mixes early in your career. You had Mr. Lee's Pump It Up, mm -hmm. Pierre's Fantasy Club, Fantasy Girl, right, and Inner City, right. How did those records come about, and what did they do for your career at that time? Man, let me tell you, um, the, the the thing that really did. Before the inner city, I did stuff for Kevin Saunderson. Okay. Uh, Bounce your body to the box. Oh, really? Yeah, that was what like I blew us. That, 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 that kind of blew it up. And then Kevin, yeah. from even to this day, I still do stuff for inner city. Wow. I, I, I did this, you know a song on their last album actually. Okay. Okay. But the COVID thing kind of screwed everything up for yeah. everybody. It was yeah. just a mess. Wow. Um, uh, DJ Pierre and um, Mr. Lee. My biggest thing was to try to make the music. DJ friendly. Okay. So you have an intro, yeah. the heart, a break. Yeah. So we can get in and out of it. Because I it, I didn't like Knuckles was like the main mixer back then. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But he couldn't he didn't really make make it easy for DJs to get in and out of the right. song. He played great, you know, he did a yeah. great job with it. And and yours was a little different because you you had that energy into it to the point of like you was you was using the sample the trigger, you know, Man, with a lot of stuff like and it that. It was all strictly club related. Yeah. So absolutely. And I used to bring my reel to the club every uh -huh. day. 
the club, wow. the re the real, the real cassette deck, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. We bring because we didn't have it that time. We didn't have CDs. We had vinyl. Right, we had vinyl. Yeah, it was and crazy. If not that you had to put it on cassette or either real, the real. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So so take us until how did that come about by getting when some of these records remix. So like, man, I was just begging. I was just calling you guys anything I would hear. And then they, my number got out and then they were calling yeah. me too because they knew that I would play it right. on my show. That's right. And the show was had great ratings. Okay. So so a lot of artists would reach out and I didn't charge anybody. Right. <laughs> I did a hundred and some mixes and I didn't make no money. You know what I'm saying? The only time I started making money when I started doing mixes for the major labels. Then right. I started getting a you know a little okay. money then. But yeah. other than that, it was just okay. It was for the for the love of the game. Yeah, just, just getting your feet wet in there. Right. So during this time, I think DMC came very popular. It was very popular. Right. And it you know it, they was doing battles and everything. Did you participate in any of the battles? Absolutely. Thank See, you. Tony Tony Batoy was the one who was putting on the battle. So he put on that original battle with New York versus Chicago. Chicago yeah. And that thing was, like you said, it was. we couldn't even get in. I was part of the 4,000 that couldn't get in. Wow. <laughs> we had to talk to the people that went, man, Farley put the third table. It's right, 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 so right. It, was, it was insane. Okay. So um, when I Farley had got us on the radio with the, with the Jackmaster 5, right? Tony... They had come, DMC had come to Tony because they knew his reputation right. of throwing big events. And he had just had this New York versus uh, Chicago event where it was huge. Yeah. So they had him put on the the battle of the DJs. Right. So at the time, Tony announced it. And I told, I went to Bill. I said, Bill, man, we need to get in this. Yeah. Bill's like, Mike, why? We're on the radio. <laughs> we don't need this. I said, right. nah, come on, man. We gotta like we gotta show everybody like we're legit. We're not no BS, man. We so, get this. So what was Bill scratching before then? Like or Yeah, Bill was scratching from the age of fifteen. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So I had to talk Bill into getting in the battle. Okay. Okay. So I talked Bill into getting in the battle. Right. Um, my cousin who was like big in hip hop in yeah. New York. His name is Hype Williams. He was Hype the video Williams. director. Oh yeah, that's right. So Hype gave us a, a gave me a videotape of a battle and you know he used to give me all my music too. Right. From New York, yeah, you know, yeah, all yeah. the hip hop stuff. Anyway, he gave me a videotape of a battle and I don't know why I wasn't even thinking about it. I was big headed at the time. I thought I was all that. <laughs> I left the tape. I gave it to Bill. Yeah, my cousin gave me this tape. Check it out. So Bill checked out the tape and learned all that stuff. Oh wow. So when we got to the DMC battle, the DJs, yeah. Bill unleashed it and destroyed it. Wow. So he won the battle. Okay. I took second place. Okay. But if I would have battled Bill earlier, I would have not even right. been in the finals. <laughs> I would have been able to eliminate it first round. But I just got lucky and we were on the opposite ends of the draw. Right, 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 right. So after Bill won this thing, I was like, dude, I'm done as a DJ. I just got killed in front of like thousands of people. Right. And so... That's when I started focusing towards the production. I said, you know what? Bill's going to do the DJ and I'm going to go hard on the production. End. Yeah. And that's when it, that, the whole production wow. thing started. So your remix talent caught the attention of Steve Silk Curly, and you were recruited by his production company and management. Mm -hmm. Had that worked out for you and and uh, worked out for me and East Move, we might not have formed ID production with Hurley. You want to try to do some serious damage. Why didn't that work out at the time with ID production with you? Because... Man, dang, y'all had a they had a manager, Frank Rodrigo. Frank Rodrigo, he, yeah. He was he was the Italian at the time 
I thought he was the mob. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> so yeah. it was kind of scared to mess with him, you know? I love Steve Hurley, but I was like, man, oh, I got to keep a distance from Rodrigo. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then at the time, though, you had just come out with, and I got to give my, my flowers to you, man. Listen, you you put us on with This Is Acid, because right. that blew up for anything. I appreciate that. And that man. went overseas. Yeah. And that, it, it was one thing to be hot in Chicago. Right. Okay. We had little tight little Chicago stuff. It was yeah. cool. But when you brought out This Is Acid, that crossed the lines overseas. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we were starting to get caught. I'm like, wait a minute. This thing is bigger than... We didn't even know about England and yeah. all this other stuff. That was one of the first ones that did it for us. Okay. That um, um, Marshall Jefferson, yeah. um, the house music anthem. Yep. Give it up to Curtis McLean. He yep. killed it. We thought... That Curtis McLean was Marshall Jefferson. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we, we didn't learn later on. We're like, wait a minute, there's yeah. a different dude singing it? Absolutely. What the heck is yeah. going on? Right. And then Hurley with uh, Nunley. Right. Okay, but that didn't really cross over as well as the two big, the three ones that, to me, that I seen cross over was okay. you, um, um, Marshall. Right. And then Inner City. Inner City, yeah. And that's when we were like, wait a minute, we're yeah. we're on to something big here because yeah. it's bigger than we just thought it was local at, in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, absolutely. So progressing, so things progressing mm -hmm. for you as a producer, and then bam, it comes another sleepless night. Right. Walk us into that, man, because that record I think changed the whole scene, the concept of Mike Hitman Wilson. Well, here's what's funny, right? What do they say? Um, um, some people copy and, and you know just right. stealing and copying. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah. So I had I, I stole this one right because the song when I made my first hit tracks. Okay. The track that didn't blow up on there was "Let No Man Put Us Under." I put "Let No Something." I forgot the okay, name right, of it. Right, right, right. So, so basically, I made a track trying to you know take the vocals from "Let No Man Put Us Under." Right. And so we we had the the, the uh, acapella playing with the house track that, you know that I put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I did was I took off the the um the let no man put us under, and okay. I had the track. So the track was really inspired by let no man put us under. Okay, okay. And then um, I met an artist at Kevin Saunderson's studio, and she was like, uh, you know, she was sad about a lot of that something wasn't going right with this production with Derek May. Right. That whole Detroit scene, because I used to go out to Detroit every once okay, in a while and okay. do some stuff. I said, hey, right. man, I got a track. Why don't you write to this track for me? Right. So she wrote to the track, and she sang it. And that's how we we actually sat and wrote it together. And that's Sean Christopher. No. no. That is, her name is uh, Tracy Amos. Oh, Tracy Amos. Right. Okay. She ended, up, um, she ended up being a singer for Guns N' Roses. Oh, wow. So right after she did that, she auditioned for Guns N' Roses and got the job with them. And she went on tour with them and she 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 was gone for years. Wow. So, so she she had originally wrote and sung the record. Yes. And then how did Sean Christopher come into the Because scene? then at the time I needed Tracy couldn't do it. Okay. So I needed an artist. And Ricky Bradshaw was one of my, you know, one of my buddies, one of yeah. my DJ guys. Yeah, yeah. And he says, Man, my mom, you know, he told me about his mom. I said, dude, let's get your mom in the singing. Right. So I got together some money and I paid Sean. I said, this is, I, I was kind of making my own album. Yeah. It was a DJ album featuring a bunch of different artists. Okay. Um, so one of them was, believe it or not, Crash was on there. Crash Man. Really? Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, uh, Sean Christopher. Okay. Um, Hype Williams, my cousin. He right. was an artist on okay. there. And um, 
Reggie Hall. Reggie Hall, yeah. Yeah, Reggie was on wow. there. But I couldn't get the clearance. Frank Rodrigo had crash signed to him. Yeah, I remember that. And I tried to get the clearance. He wouldn't, he wouldn't give me the clearance, for, so I had to take crash off of it. Oh, wow. And so... Um, Did you ever use anybody else on that? Yeah, I, uh, oh, I used oh, um, my cousin, uh, Toby Meeks. Toby I put her on there. Right. She killed it. Okay. okay. So we had this little DJ album. Yeah. Put it out, and the first song was Another Sleepless Night. Right. And it hit. And it sort of hit overseas. Absolutely. And um, um, believe it or not, uh, Clive Davis got a wind of it. Right. And I couldn't believe it. Like, this is Clive Davis. I was like, yeah. wait a minute. And I, I know. They flew. So what happened was they talked to my management, and they right. flew me and Sean in. So who was managing you at the time? Uh, oh, I didn't even tell you about that. Right. Yeah, because of the DMC battle. Yeah, I remember I told you I took second place. Correct. I went to the national finals. Yeah, and uh, Bill ended up taking second place for the nationals. Okay, but I had a, developed a great relationship with Tony Prince, the owner of uh, DMC. Wow! And so Tony was like, you know, we started talking more about the production end, and so Tony says, "Hey, you know, do you have a manager?" I'm like, right. "No, man, I don't." So he started. <laughs> that's how it happened. He started managing me. Wow, hit man! Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so there was. I had some good yeah. managers, man. Right. Tony. So how was it working with Clive Davis, brother? So Clive brought us in. He said, "Mike, who wrote this?" And I told him, "Me and Tracy." He says, "Can you write more?" Yes. He says, do you have a problem if we change the name from Mike Wilson feature and Sean? I said, Clive Davis, are you kidding me? <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, I says, I'm just throwing darts and see yeah, what it yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah. But we we will do whatever you want. So Clive's like, okay, we're going to, he basically scrapped the album and you're going to make an album on Sean now. And we okay. went back in the studio and did it. And we right. put together a crazy album, yeah. right? But at the time, we had come through the, the office through Europe. Correct. We didn't come through America. Okay. So we went from Europe back to Clive. Right. Clive owned the whole thing anyway. Correct. But it just went a different route. Right. Yeah. So when this whole thing happened with Millie Vanilli getting caught singing, lip singing on their stuff, Clive was so embarrassed. He dropped the entire catalog wow. that came from overseas, which included Sean. Uh, um, it included, um, was it Ace of Bass, right. Snap. There was a whole bunch of us. You didn't hear anything else from any of those artists. Right. But... They didn't just release you. They kind of like shelved you. So it's like you couldn't, you to, right? You, you, you couldn't right. release it somewhere else. It was wow. just done, you know. So I was kind of, you know, because distraught. the follow up was "Don't Lose the Magic." Yes, and and that's why that whole deal fell apart because of the Millie Vanilli. Vanilla, yeah, exactly. Because we went, we were doing our numbers. Hold for a second. Where did I stop just now? I I I know where exactly where we stopped at. Okay. What the hell happened to that? That was odd. That never happened before. You just telling some gems right there, Mike. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so let me go back to where I was at. Okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, okay. So you had a follow-up to to that single, Another Sleeping Lights, where right. you don't lose the magic. So yes. that's why that happened, because Clive dropped everybody. Right, well, and, and, well, and Clive, had, we'd only done one song with Sean, and that was Another Sleeping Nights. So right. Don't Lose the Magic was a new song that he had put together. Okay. And I, at the time, Tracy was on tour with Guns N' Roses. So I got Sean's brother, Gavin Christopher, right. to come over to the studio and he wrote 
Don't lose the magic. Wow. So me here and my, my man Bill Dickens, one of the best. Like you know Bill, you worked with yes, Bill. Absolutely. One of the most incredible. Yeah. Uh, like I've never seen a guy that could play everything. Right, right, right. I know when you guys hire him, you hire him for bass. <laughs> but I never even we were doing. He was playing yeah everything. Yeah. I, was, I didn't even know he could play bass. Yeah. <laughs> but he, me and he and um, Gavin put that together. Okay. And we also did some more songs on the album too. But that you, no one ever heard. Uh, they so never got none, released. Nothing got released. Never got released. Why don't you try to do that and, and bring it out now? You know what? I had a talk with Sean about that. Yeah. But Sean said she's just not interested in working on an album. She says she. But how about just using the, the same stuff from from what you did back in the day and just? Oh, she don't want to redo everything then. We could. Yeah. It's just tough because I ended up moving to Florida and she okay. ended up moving to California and this and that. So, I would love to put it back together. To be honest with you. Yeah. It's yeah. it, you know there's 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 lightning in that bottle. Sean is yeah. still no, Sean can still absolutely. kill it. So as a DJ, Mike, you were one of the first to tour overseas. Mm-hmm. What was that like, and how did that progress for you? Man, let me tell you, that was crazy. We weren't making that. You know, we were making decent money at the time. I right. was probably getting thirty thousand to five thousand a show Ooh, back then. Yes. <laughs> and um, what happened was this: three of us got freaking seriously ill we went to germany at the same we caught the same flight at the same time okay right um armando land of confusion you remember him Armando Gallup. yes yep. me armando and cool rock steady oh my god and we all came back and we were like oh, i was sick i thought i was gonna die sick right cool rock steady and armando died literally within a month when yeah. we got back. Yeah. I thought we had caught something from over there. Right. So I was like, you know, I'd, I had to, I called the promoter. I was like, yo, yeah. man, take me off. I'm right. done. Wow. I'm not going. I'm not. And I stopped. And at the same time, I started DJing for Tony Batoy. Yeah. So it took the place. Like, I'm still doing crowds of 2,000, 3,000. Yeah. So it's like, and I'm at home. I can go right. home at the end of the yeah. day. <laughs> you ain't got to fly that, that many hours of back home. But then what killed me was years later, a few years later, yeah. uh, actually, one day I, I, I taken Bill. I said, Bill, dude, come with me overseas. These dudes will love you, man. Yeah. I says, he was just doing the Chicago thing. Yeah. Bill flew over. I introduced him to a, one of my promoters in Germany. Yeah. And that hired that promoter hired Bill from then on and never hired me again. <laughs> but it was cool, you know, he was a good dude. But I, I sort of like, you know, helped introduce him to that. And at right. the same time, I said, hey man, I'm done with going overseas. Yeah. It was it, people would think it was good money, but you would leave on Thursday, get there on Friday, yeah, drive man. 20 hours in a freaking back of some car Trust in, in the woods somewhere trying to DJ. And then you yeah. it was just a mess, yeah. you know? And right. I it was just it was physically exhausting. And then you get home on Sunday or Monday right. and you're like, yo, I've been gone four days. Yeah. The DJ one party. One party. Yeah. And I just missed out on five remixes I could have done this weekend yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that but then what killed me was then I started hearing about guys making all this money. And I'm yeah. like, man, I should I messed up. You know, <laughs> making 10, 15, 20, 30. Now they're making all man, they're making a million dollars a show now. Those right. same DJs, these guys that used to come to my parties. Tiesto used to come to my parties yeah. overseas. Yeah. You know, Paul Oakenfold used to try to have me DJ at his club. He wasn't even a DJ back then. He was wow. more of a promoter. You know, wow. so um, you know, Pete Tong, all these big time DJs that back then yeah. that were making the money. They were, and, and what year was this, Mike? Man, I you know what? It had to be before Sean. It had to be. 
Right. So it had to be in the eighties, yeah. the end of the eighties, late late eighties though. Yeah, because yeah. What, what whatever year the wall came down, yeah, I was there when the wall came down okay. in Germany. Okay, when they the wall around Berlin came down, right, that was about the same time. Okay, so let's 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 here's the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. You seem to completely disappear from the scene at some point. Mm-hmm. What happened, and why did you stop producing or remixing music? Man, that's a good question. The biggest thing I can say is I uh, man see I met my wife okay got we got married right. got her pregnant we started having kids <laughs> you know what I'm saying that happened, huh? and yeah. all of a sudden my priorities just switched yeah. and then at that same you know a few years later I had the opportunity to open a club in Orlando oh okay so I came down to Orlando. Well, at first I was just going to be like a, you know, the DJ and yeah. you know consultant. But then all of a sudden there was an opportunity to open a club. We wow. got an investor, and we put we had a million million and a half dollars okay. and put together this most extravagant club you've ever seen wow. in, in Orlando. Okay. It was ridiculous. And it's still open? No, it was only okay. open until the market crashed. Okay. And when the market went down, yeah. you have to put thousands of people in a club every week to keep it to, to sustain yeah, it. Sustain it. Yeah. So then I end up, you know, I ended up in in Florida. I ended up owning three or four clubs over the years. Okay, and I did that stuff. But you know, looking back, the the biggest thing that that yeah, the most the, when when this whole thing went digital, yeah, it took the fun out of the music. Absolutely. You know, yeah, because people were downloading stuff for free. Le- record labels stopped doing licenses. Yeah. Yeah. They stopped doing remixes. They yeah. stopped doing a lot of stuff. And that was about the time that I was like, man, forget about this. It's yeah. just too crazy right now. You can't make a living out of it, yeah. you know? And I was waiting for it to finally work itself out. Yeah. It seems like it's, I don't know. It's well, a mess. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those things, man, that, you know, you, you got to have multiple streams of income, man, to do something. Like Absolutely. That. Because it's just like, like you said, the game has changed. It's a younger generation, man. Like you said, shit don't sell no more. Man, and let me say this. The biggest thing that happened was this. When we were thriving in Chicago, they had independent radio stations, okay? Yeah. The guys from New York, they did not like... The the music industry was run out of New York. They did not like the fact that Chicago was blowing up on its own, completely independent of them. We didn't have... We didn't need them for anything. And so it was they were very motivated to kill our house music or to actually make it so that it came through them. Yeah. Okay? So when the guys from BLS came and bought BMX, right? they flipped the format. Yeah. And they basically, we were all fired off the air. And at the time, we had a heck of a team. Yeah. We had Farley, yeah. Julian, uh, Jumpin' Perez, Bad Boy Bill, right. Frankie Knuckles, Ferris Thomas. And what year was this, Mike? You know, I can't remember the year. Okay. It was, I know one thing, like I said, it was before 91. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they took away our instrument, like one of the places where a lot of guys would drop their music on us and then we would play it and then they'd be able to sell it in the stores. Right. But when they when they take us off the air, yeah. and then I ended up going to BMX and, and DJing over there, but I quit right away yeah. because they... Um, want you to go through, we had to go through them and get our records approved. Oh. And I'm like, have, I can't you have do that. You didn't have the free, the, 
the freelance to do what and play whatever you want. Exactly. Wow. And that's what we had at B. That's why BMX was so incredible because right. at the time we could play whatever we wanted. Yeah. We didn't have to go through the program director or music director. Whatever we did, we yeah. did. We just had to be in tune with the street. Yeah. So what year did you move to to Orlando? Oh five, two thousand five. So you was here. Doing all that time, like in the in the nineties, mid nineties. Right. So in ninety seven, ninety six, we Tony started Nitro. Right. And that's when I started DJing for it. Well, I was I, I DJ with Tony at the Riviera, the China Club, yeah. and then we went to Nitro. And okay. when we started Nitro, that was a whole other thing. Whole there. different entity right there. Because, so let me ask you this, mm-hmm. because this is the this is thing that's trending right now. Mm-hmm. They say during the nineties. Uh, house music wasn't there at all, and then it was ghetto house that saved house music. Do you believe that? I don't believe it's saved. Well, who said it's saved? When was it saved? Well, that's what I'm trying to say. It, it never got saved. Okay. In my opinion, the better stuff came out back then in the '90s. Okay. You know, because they were song oriented. There's there's no songs anymore. Where right. the songs at? Yeah. It's all beats. Yeah. There's a lot of beat DJs out there. Right. You know, that's another thing I got to give you your flowers for. You put the beats with the songs. That's why you're the only one out of us with a with a, a Grammy right now. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to, brother. I'm oh man, you to. figured it out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, back in the day, you used to do the underground mixes. Yeah, that's and that's, that was what you was known yeah, for. Yeah, that, that was my lane because you know everybody had it. But you know, at times you have to, like you see, you got to progress. And there was time times I was like, I'm tired of just doing dubs. Right. I want to hear the vocals. You know, I love vocals. Exactly. You know, so yeah, I appreciate that. Mike. So yeah, when you put the real music with the vocals and you put the house yeah. beats behind it, that yeah. was what that's what that's what sustained it. Yeah. But we didn't have the artists. Yeah. That's All true. those artists was CC. I mean, um, that is true. You know, yeah, um, um, Beyonce and them. That's true. So, in your opinion, Mike, what was the first house music release? Without a doubt, the first house music song. Okay. Right. Was is Jamie Principal has that? He's got to. It yeah, didn't come out. Wait, it didn't come out. But we we saying that what came out. Yeah. Okay. So what came out? It had to be Chippy, because let me just say this. He was the first dude who put the word house in the song. Okay. We called everything house. Right. I'm not so sure that when um and Vince is my boy, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I love yeah, Vince yeah. And, and 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 Wayne and all. I'm not so sure they were calling it house back then when okay. they put it out, but it was definitely in that genre of right. music. Yeah. Chip was the first one who put the word house in the song. Okay. And that and, and don't no, there was two words back then. Yeah, there was Jack yeah, right. and it was House. house right, and that's when House s- s- took yeah. the, took over for Jack. But Jack was bigger than House okay. back then. Okay, no, I, I'm I'm trying to get everybody perspective, man. That's why I do I do this show, but I also do the show, man, to, to pay homage to everybody, like right. yourself, um, because people seems to forget sometimes, and we cannot forget where we came from, right, and who path. And paved the way for us, right? Because, like I say, brother, when you was coming up, I, I, I was just getting into the scene, you know, more than the music scene, right? And by doing all the remixes, but then, you know, when your record hit, man, because I was, I was like, where does Mike Hitman Wilson come from? He just right. like came out the blue. But hearing your story, how I did, because hearing your mixes and how you put your mixes together, and then your productions, man, how you, like you said, you made it 
strongly for DJs. Right. So I knew if somebody was a DJ that was doing that because, like you said, a lot of times we didn't have that intro. Right. To come into, and then you triggering it. Because that's, that's what I've really known you for, Mike, your style. Is is your triggering on the drum machines? How you get, sample <laughs> yeah. all the vocals and da da da, you know, and, right. and just have it sampled from Inner City to Mr. Lee and everything into your own production, and, right? And another Sleepless Night, man. That was like we when that record came out, we was like, wow, Mike got one. Well, and we thank was you. Like that's huge. And I was Chicago. No, thank you, man. I, I really Chicago, appreciate brother. that. And, yes. and and honestly, I I never even liked that song that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's how I usually go too, brother. <laughs> so let me ask you something else, Mike. Mm-hmm. What is your top three Chicago house records? Oh man, top three. Well, house music anthem has to be because yes, well, that right. changed Curtis the game Jones, for right. all of us. Yes, when that song came out, it changed the game. So I got to put that up there as, as number one. Okay, okay. Hmm. Chippy, it's house. It's house. Okay. Let me tell you what happened with that. Okay, I told you I DJ. I, I started DJing a little bit in college, yeah. right? And um, it hadn't come out yet, but Farley was playing on the radio. I taped it with my cassette deck, right? And I, the Q dogs hired me to DJ at oh, Northern shit. Illinois University. Dog, right. Two thousand people. I hired Frenchie to bring the sound system. Right. I did. I came out of my pocket. Right. right. <laughs> they only paid. They didn't pay. They paid me less than a hundred dollars. Yeah. But when I played that, it's house. It was a complete like a riot was in the place. Wow. They went. I just let it play and rewind it and played it. It was yeah, yeah. It, that. So that record was like a. Who I mean, wow. that was it. Now what else? What let me think. What else could have been there? You got one more. Dang, I can't. Yeah, one more. Uh, later on, okay. Another game changer to, to me was uh, when Cashmere came out. He, they, the Percolator, Percolator. was yeah. that that okay. that had a long like you could you could go to a college, you could go anywhere yeah. in the country and play that and be all right, right. and it'll the crowd will be you know they'll jack nice. the crowd up. And I want to go back. We we skipped this because we, we forget to ask about you. Mm-hmm. Um, with you and Bad Boy Bill, your label. Mm-hmm. Tell us the name of it, and tell us uh, what standout records did y'all release together? International House Records. International House Records. Right. Wow. And um, the standout was we had done some stuff with DJ Pierre. Yeah. Right. Pierre's Fantasy Club. Okay. Um, we me and Bill had done hit tracks, right. and then Bill had done um bad tracks. Yeah. So. And that was basically it. We didn't really do much. Yeah. We back then it was it was tough because we didn't have the um, the understanding of the artists and right. all that other right, stuff. Right, right, right. But the biggest thing that came out of that that I'll never forget right yeah. was when me and Bill started the label. We went to have a meeting with an attorney and yeah. we said, "Man, look, we need you to help us get this stuff because in Chicago everyone's stealing this and that." Right, and right, right, right. He says, "Man, I'm gonna give you guys the best advice. You one, you guys can't afford me." He says, "But two, it's not the contract. It's the people that you work with. Oh. So work with better people. Wow. And you won't have these situations. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He says, I can put anything I want in a contract, but a bad person is going to break the contract. They're going to do stuff that's going to cause you to have to sue them or whatever. Yeah. But if you work with good people, then you won't have to deal with that as much. Wow. You know? So I was like, wow, it kind of changed my perspective. That's, that's dope right there. It was some serious <laughs> stuff, right? Well, Mike, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you taking the time, coming into town, man, doing this. Uh, I, I wanted to give you your flowers while you're here, man, and say I love you, man. Thank you for what you've done for house music. Man. I appreciate it because some people still forget, and we got to keep them, you know, 
keep them informed and tell them the truth sometimes, you know? Man, well, listen, I want to thank you for stepping up and doing this podcast. I appreciate You're the it, only one doing it. I, you know what? I it, it came about, man. It, it was funny that you said that because I'm gonna tell it in my my interview that I'm doing pretty soon. Right. But um, it came about because somebody denied or something. Right. And I was just like, and I was I was in the shower, man. I heard this commercial, and it was about the Roland uh, TR three or three. Right. And they didn't say nothing about Chicago. They said it was, came out of Europe for trance and everything. Okay. And that's when I was like. I got to speak the truth and, and get the people that did this right and put them on camera. Right. So that's why I do this, man. And give everybody the roses well, and the flowers, man, because uh, I want to tell our story through the people that did this. Right. And nobody right. can tell that story and go ask anybody else because the person that, well, who was there, there, it's coming out their own mouth. Right. But like I said, man, I appreciate you. I love you, man, brother. Thank, thank you, man. you so love much, you too, man. man. Thank you for having uh, me on the show. Is there anybody else, how they can reach you? Um, Oh, Facebook, my phone number is on Facebook. If you go there, my thing's on there. Instagram, the whole thing. I put my number. If if, if there's anything I can do to help anybody, hey man, I'm 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 there. I'm there to help. Anything I can do, I'm happy to help. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank hey, you. Hey brother, thank you for coming out. Thank you for doing this. Love thank you, man. man. Please. And love All you right. too. Peace.